This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to do some Cowboys win because Cowboys lose because as we get ready for Cowboys Seahawks, don't forget G-Bag Nation, they're getting ready at AT AT&T Stadium. Now, the weather might dictate just a little bit if they end up having to move all the way inside, but I think they will be accessible People want to hang out, talk with them, or at least see them after the show. But real quick. That reminds me of the Christmas song. The weather outside is frightening, but the fire is so delightful. Delighting? It's frightful. Frightful. Delightful. Frightful and delightful, yes. Yeah. So here's a weird factoid for you today. (laughs) The Texas Rangers have been selected as the 2023 Baseball America Organization of the Year. We did it! But also... In your face, Oakland. This is the second time they've won the award. 2010. They, they also won the award in 1989. For signing Nolan Ryan and Julio Franco. I don't know what led to all... Maybe they saw the young kids coming up and they're like, Hey, Pudge, Juan, Dean Palmer, they're all going to be amazing. So, yeah, this is the second time the Rangers have been named the Baseball America Organization of the Year. Congratulations to them for that. That's a big deal, man. Uh, let's do it again. Let's do it next year, as uh, Bochi said. You weren't a fan of 1989, though. That's approximately when they got rid of Pete O'Brien and traded for Rafael Palmero. Uh, I had to learn to love Palmero, but it, it eventually happened. My mom really liked him a lot. I heard women loved him. Why? Handsome mustache, I guess. I don't know. Maybe his hair that stuck out right underneath his hat. Cowboys win because Cowboys lose because I had actually more questions, but I decided it was probably best if we move on. Is 877-881-1053 if you want to text in, but also if you want to call that phone number because you have a bid for Mm. our table at the Swinging for for a Cause event this Sunday, the only way to still get a table we have a $1,600 bid on the scoreboard. We're losing to Sean and RJ. So if you can bid higher than that, you should definitely call in. Otherwise, you can text us with your Cowboys win because Cowboys lose because also want to hear from the Twitch and the YouTube. Who would like to start this off? I got you here, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of why they lose. Cowboys win because they destroy opponents at home. And... I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Uh, Mike McCarthy understands the importance of playing his best games in front of the Dallas crowd, and that's what he's been doing. Cowboys lose because I'm looking at this. Kevin, what numbers were you saying that Dak Prescott's really good against? Is it man? Man. How is he against zone coverage? Do we know the answers there? 
less good. Uh, at one point in the season, the Seahawks were the zone heaviest team in the entire NFL. Now, if they're playing single high safety type stuff, Dak's going to shred them. But zone coverage has been one of those like uh, very tough spots, I do believe. But I did see some numbers from Mina Kimes that said that uh, that said he was first in a lot of different categories, but it never said ma- uh, zone. I think it was uh, everything was all about man coverage. And I just want to know what those numbers are. But the zone-heavy defense of the Seattle Seahawks gives Dak fits tonight, and he struggles. And that is why they lose if they lose. Listen how negative you are. I Look, I, look man. All right, so he's first, lose first in QBR versus man, first in QBR versus blitz, second in QBR under pressure from the pocket, outside the pocket, first on third down. But nothing against zone. So I need to go find out his numbers against zone real quick. All right, so Cowboys win because they are way better than this team. Dak is way better than Geno Smith. Geno Smith is an average quarterback in the NFL, and it's like one of the worst things to have. I heard G-Bag Nation talking about, man, Geno this. I'm like, isn't like Geno somewhat, in a way, your worst nightmare as a franchise is like, crap, he's just going to win seven to ten games, and then we're going to get – we're either not going to make the playoffs, not have a premium pick to take a quarterback, or we sneak into the playoffs, get hammered, and see a later alligator. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think Geno is – I get who he is, but I just – if you had Geno Smith, you're just looking at yourself going, oh, geez. So I think the Cowboys honestly destroy uh, Seattle tonight. I'm picking 38-17. I'm, I'm thinking it's 38-10 to with a few minutes to go, and they get a cheapie uh, to make it 38-17. Now, so I think it's a blowout. Cowboys lose because I feel like I go to this too much against the bad teams, but that somehow, some way, to Corey's point, Seattle gets two more turnovers than you get, whether it's like Seattle is 2-0 or 3-1 in the turnover battle, that somehow the Cowboys give them really easy opportunities to score through turnover or the Cowboys uh, lose points when they've driven the ball down inside the red zone and they turn the ball over in that situation. And not like on a fourth down, but they throw a pick or they fumble the ball and it just changes the the feeling of the game. I, I have a tough time watching Seattle play on Thursday night football last week yeah. on Thanksgiving and go, that team has, they just look like they have zero chance to come to Arlington and win. Uh, Kevin, as of November 18th, Dak had five interceptions and four touchdowns against zone. He was yeah. the 23rd ranked quarterback. And again, Seattle is very zone heavy. Now, can that be fixed tonight? We'll see. We'll find out. From the 817, Cowboys win 38 17. And the only reason it's not 45 17 is Pete Carroll gets so upset that Geno Smith throws a pick to Bland. That he tackles him to stop him from making another pick six. I feel like interesting. Would they still get credit for that? Uh, from the eight zero six Cowboys win because they're at home and Dak continues his high level of play. Cowboys lose because they get caught looking ahead to the Eagles and Jordan Lewis gets burned all night long, especially with Lockett. From the six eight two, are y'all is Jordan Lewis a concern for everybody? Yeah. Like they're the team says, hey, we're putting he our best receiver up against our slot guy. Uh, their slot guy, and that's a big concern. Okay. I mean, I'm concerned, at least compared to the rest of the defensive backfield with Jordan Lewis. Corey, let's see if you can figure this one out. I think you can. The 6-8-2, Cowboys win 22-9 because I need money. Cowboys lose 12-19 because I need money. Hold on. You've made the bet? you made two bets. Squares. 
Squares. Those are the squares oh, right there. Okay, I was like, you made two bets to hedge your bets. Those are the squares right there. All right. Well, then here it is. I hope that you win but the not, money, but only with a good score. Yep. But only with the good with score. The bad score. Let somebody else deal with that other crap. Cowboys win because they're going to wreck Seattle's offensive line. It is very clear. The right side of that offensive line is going to have a hard time tonight, man. And I know they're like, hey, we got reinforcements. But in Seattle, six wins, they give up a sack and a half per game. You live with that for the season for sure. In their five losses, they've been sacked 3.6 times per game. So you can see the clear difference right there. If you get to the quarterback, if you get specifically to Geno Smith, because I know in a lot of games you can be like, oh, if he gets to the quarterback, you're going to have a better shot of winning. It's very clearly drawn out for Seattle. If you get to Geno Smith, you will win the game. Yes. If you do not, that is how Seattle sticks around and ends up winning the game. Now, I am going to go with Cowboys lose because, and this kind of, it's not just Jordan Lewis, but it goes back to him a little bit, is they do have three competent receivers, in, and sometimes more than competent, in Metcalf, Lockett, and Smith and Jigba. I know his rookie season feels like it's been disappointing. But Seattle is one of just four teams in the NFL with three different wide receivers that have at least 400 receiving yards. So they can spread the ball around. And so if they're able to, you know, kind of take advantage of Bland, like you saw a little bit, take advantage of Gilmore, like we've seen throughout the season, and take advantage of Lewis, that's the way I see that they stay. I think I think against this defense, you can have a few plays that look, oh my gosh, you know, and maybe you'll have a drive against them. Sure. But for the collective part, they make they they're gonna make a couple different plays against you that are gonna make you go crap. And that's where I just don't I don't see Seattle being able to to crack open big enough plays against this team. It would have to be something that completely slips through the cracks for this for the uh for the Cowboys for that to happen. But yeah, Kevin, I feel like Smith and Jigba's season is a disappointment, especially since people were like, "This is the guy." This yeah, is the and best I know he had the. Uh, didn't he break his hand in the preseason yeah. against the Cowboys? But I'm looking at his projections right now. He's projected to be 627 yards. He's got 406 right now. You think he, he's gonna? Yeah, get, that's doable. Get to that, okay? But even that would be a disappointment if he's playing now. Yeah, and they're like over the next six games, you'll get uh, 220, 240 yards. That. That's definitely a disappointment. And and maybe, again, there is a very good trio of receivers, and maybe the quarterback doesn't match that for them. You know, like Geno Smith had his, got his thing, but maybe it's he's just not still in that, that place. I bet a lot of people feel like this just when it comes to the Cowboys in general because all the baggage that comes along with them. When the 2-1-4, Cowboys win because they found their offensive rhythm and defense will have a field day on Geno. Cowboys lose because they should win is the good thing about that is this is a home game, and they haven't screwed around with home games. Obviously, your struggles against the Chargers, the loss against the Cardinals on the road that you're like, what happened there? But at home, they don't play around. But they they have, uh, I bet they've been behind before at home, right? (laughs) Zero times. What? That's crazy, right? I'm not saying like, if they fall behind three or seven to zero, I'm not going to be like, we're done. Yeah. But I would be surprised. If they trailed in this yes. game at some point because they just don't. I'm just looking at Seattle real quick. Their last four games at Ravens, loss 37 to three. Yes. yes. Smoked. 
home against the Commanders win 29-26. Very close At game. the Rams, close. They lost 17-16. to And then they just played the 49ers, if you watch Thanksgiving night, and it was a horrible game. It was 31 to 13. They are playing bad football. I get their record. They're six and five, and six and five is six and five. However, you get there, you get there. But right now, you're playing a team that's playing like one of the bottom 10 teams, not a bottom five team, but I'd say you're playing one of the teams that's playing bottom third football in the NFL for a month now. It's, yeah, no, they've been playing very poorly. From the 972, Mike, you like this. Uh, Cowboys win because they aren't playing Mr. Dabalina. I like it. By the way, at Cowboys at 49ers, home against the Eagles. So they're, this four-game stretch for them where they just lost 31-13 to 13 for, for Seattle, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Which feeds into our notion about what record you could get into the NFC playoffs with. Could seven and ten make the last spot? I'm not going to say that. I'll stick with eight and nine. I think could pull it off. But I, I hear, I hear where you're going. You with know, this. Babe was on with Sean and RJ this morning, and he said, "Hey, you know, every interview I've ever heard with Pete Carroll is we got to get back to running the football. We got to, we got to run the football. We got to do better at running the football. We got to this running the football." I wonder sometimes if coaches say that as more mentality than actually doing it, because he said it so much. Okay, if he's just saying. The, when you run the football, it's a physical by nature thing that you're doing. When you're running the football, you are intended to be the more physical team because we're going to run over you. That's our that's our mindset here. And I often wonder that. Who's the tougher team? Who's the more physical team here? Because when it's the Niners, we've seen the Cowboys get knocked in the mouth every time. They're not tough enough right. against that team. Is Seattle the tougher team? Are they more physically? I don't. I don't think so anymore. I like I would have probably been in on that argument or at least listened to that argument more a month ago. I, I don't think so because you've seen their offensive line get bullied. You've seen them turn the ball over. Like I, I know turnovers doesn't only have to be a factor of physicality, but sometimes that is part of the deal right there. I'm looking at I just remember during draft talk, Zach Charbonnet was a guy that Charbonnet. Charbonnet, thank you. That if you fancy. He was brought up a lot in Cowboys conversations yeah. because the Cowboys sure. had a hurt Tony Pollard yep. uh, and didn't really have any depth behind him. But I'm looking at his game logs. His overall numbers aren't bad. 67 carries for 308 yards. That's a 4.6 yeah. average, no touchdown. So, look, it's okay, but for a second-round pick, as they've lost Kenneth Skywalker, <laughs> you would think that this guy would be better. From right. the hype that he got in the draft – why isn't I mean, he'll this get, dude? He's getting more of an opportunity now. We'll see. Charbonnet. Until he gets better. That's his last name. From the 817, you'll like this. It's a multi-tiered uh, win because lose because. Cowboys win because they crush average to below average teams at home. Cowboys lose because their linebackers struggle to tackle and help in coverage. But ultimately they win because it makes Jerry see that we need Shaquille Leonard. I don't think it's it's Jerry that needs to see that he needs them. Like, I think Jerry understands that. He didn't say it out loud yeah. in any interview because he doesn't want to portray that. But the it came down to simple things, and that was, is he healthy enough to play? If he is, we want him, We, we and he's going to play a lot. And that's where it's now in Shaq's court 
is does he want to play a lot in the Eagles system or does he want to play a lot in the Cowboys system? Really up to that. Maybe the most basic Cowboys win because if they win, when they win, Seattle won't be above 500 anymore. So that will allow the narrative to continue. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, outside of Deron Bland, who is the most improved Cowboys player this season? 877-881-1053. Plus, we'll get some Mike like likes it going all of it next right here on the fan worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This segment of the KNC Masterpiece is brought to you by... QC Kinetics, non-surgical regeneration treatment. So two plays to make 10 yards. It's third and 10. At the Philadelphia 43. Trips to the left. Snap to Prescott. Quick middle caught. And close for a first down. And guess who? Jake Ferguson for 11. Right up the middle on third and 10. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3. The fan. Cowboys game game day today. By the way, the weather is... Pushing the G-Bag Nation Frightful. inside. If you want to see them, you can see them at the Miller Light Club after the show as we will lead directly into the pregame right here on 105.3 The Fan. Miller Light has their own club? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, they're worth like billions of dollars. They make tons of beer. That's fantastic. It's fantastic, too. They always help us out at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, you know? That's a great point. And during the pregame, you'll get to hear from Mike McCarthy, and the player profile is Kevontae Turpin with CA. And I think that's interesting because outside of Deron Bland, which I feel like has done unbelievable stuff, just named Defensive Player of the Month for the NFC, do you think most people would say he's the most improved Cowboy? Yeah, and I think it would still be incorrect. Okay. Because I thought he was 
very good last yeah. year in limited role. And okay. then whenever he got put into big-time role, he was still super productive. And so outside of Deron Bland, who is the most improved Dallas Cowboys player this year? All right, I have one that I don't think people are thinking of because he was already good last year. I wonder if you're going to go in the direction I think. Tyler Smith. Ooh, very good. Because I'm hearing from people that study offensive line stuff, which I do not and will never, <laughs> is <clears throat> that he's becoming one of arguably the five best guards in the NFL. Yeah. That he's that good. So last year, he was solid, right? And it wasn't fair to him. He didn't even get to practice tackle right. in the right. offseason or in training camp. They're like, Hey, Tyron Smith is out. You got to go play tackle next week and per, for probably the rest of the season until we get to the meet. Uh, so I thought he was good last year and solid as a rookie. But this year, he's now arguably a pro bowler for sure. You think he's a – he's I on that he, – I think he is. Yeah, like he's he's gone to second year pro bowler. So I, I, think, I think taking Deron Bland out of this – I think I would go with the first round pick from 2022. It's pretty good. And Kevin, now that I looked at that recently, that that draft last year is pretty damn good. Yeah. Go through it. Well, I'm not going to go through everybody because like John Ridgway, who's had, I think, 12 tackle or 22 tackles in 12 games this year, started one, didn't turn out to be like as scary as we thought he would okay. be whenever we let him go. Tyler Smith. Yeah. Jake Ferguson. Yep. Solid. Uh, Sam Williams. You, the dude has so much I still potential. Feel okay He's helping, about that. Yeah. and look, we got to talk to him. I mean, you literally took a person who didn't know how football worked. Deron Bland. That's great. And Damon Clark. And I know Jalen Tolbert. Hey, you're going to miss some, but you got five really good players out of last year's you draft. You have three for sure starters and two other guys that contribute tremendously yeah. in their second year. This year's draft. We'll see how it turns out next year, I guess. But at the moment, you're feeling okay. pretty good about that. All right. Did did I take anybody? Was anybody texting that person in? I Ty, have not, Tyler Smith. I, I have seen one person from the 314. I was intrigued by the 817. This player did not cross my mind one single right. time. But I get their point. CeeDee Lamb yes. right. is the most improved. Is, is that, you, is that you, yours? No, that, it's not mine. I okay. just saw that on the text, and I thought... What an amazing answer that I did not consider for one second. Yeah, because but, I get it. but well, here's what's happened, and I, I argue this a lot with a uh, with a particular person who would not let it go that Amari Cooper was traded. You don't get this version of Ceedee Lamb if Amari Cooper's still here. For sure, he's he's the number two dude at that point because of. Uh, meritocracy is that what it yes. is or because just because of tenure like they're just gonna say you're that, that you're the number two guy but cd lamb kevin last year he had 107 catches for 1359 yards and nine touchdowns right now he's got 78 for 1066 and six touchdowns he's gonna match those numbers from last year is it mo- more improved i feel like whenever you go to him he catches it and he last year our biggest problem was Drop ball. You're oh my gosh, that drop pass yeah. right here. And right now right. he does he is not acting like that guy. He is acting like a number one. And Kevin, I do want to add this too. I had it for later on in the show. Oh. 10 plus yard catches this year. DJ Moore has 41. Wow. AJ Brown has 42. Stefan Diggs has 44. 
Tyreek Hill has 48, and CeeDee Lamb leads all receivers with 10-plus yard catches at 50. Wow. Like he is. Really? Yes. Holy 10 moly. yards down the field, CeeDee Lamb's a monster. All Dak Prescott. None of it has to do with Mike McCarthy. I think it's all Mike McCarthy. <laughs> oh, surely the Kellen Moore was. Are you that. saying somewhere it's in probably in the middle? Somewhere in between. And you know what? It took like. CeeDee Lamb going to Mike. To it took CeeDee Lamb going to Mike McCarthy saying, I want the I want the job. Give me the job, and I'll show you I can do it. And Mike McCarthy said, I'll trust you then. Let's go. Now, I know I played a Jake Ferguson highlight to come back, and I think that is a viable candidate. I actually That's my candidate. Okay, take it away. Uh, Jake Ferguson right now has 40 catches for 421 yards and four touchdowns. Last year, Dalton Schultz's production was 57 catches, 577 yards, and five touchdowns. <laughs> I think Jake Ferguson can match those numbers, and he costs nothing in the next few in the next right. four games. He could probably match those numbers right. up. It doesn't cost anything. And Kevin, last year he had twenty-two targets, one hundred and seventy-four yards, nineteen catches, and two touchdowns. He has Whoa. almost tripled his numbers. Yeah. So I think that his wow. he is the guy that is most improved. That's a good answer. But it also has to do with most improved because of opportunities. He got the opportunity, and right now, if you look at Dalton Schultz's numbers. They're pretty close to Jake Ferguson. I mean, and if it's we're getting it for the cost we are, I'll take that all day. See, I think Jake Ferguson is a really good answer. The person who I thought of first and foremost, though I had like five, which is probably a good sign. It kind of reminds me of when we were talking about the Rangers. Who's, your, like, who's the best Ranger? Yeah, and, but you were like, how many improved? Yeah. And there were so many different answers. And I think there's a lot of answers for the Cowboys. Is It's Osa Digizua. I, I, I think good answer. he has made a... And I know the stats are not always exactly as measurable at that at that spot, but he has shown that he can be a threat to get to the quarterback. Are you falling in love with him now? Like when you watch the game, do you just do you? I, I fist pump every time yeah. I see him in the backfield or having made a big play. Yeah, absolutely, because he can get to the quarterback, and that's delightful whenever it happens. But he can also, a couple of different things. He's a good dude. Yeah, and he can swallow up the person in front of him if that is what you need for penetration from the other players. Or he can handle a double team. Or he can stop a back who is breaking through on his side of the line. Oso Digizua can do a lot of things, and he can do a lot of things really well. And so he's... He's pretty dang high up on my list. From the 469, Cowboys are getting better every week. Why? Because the players are listening to the coaches, and the coaches are listening <laughs> to the players. I mean, we just played the Chris Young cut earlier right. of him asking everybody in his room who's underneath him, hey, what do y'all believe here? And Chris Young, and they all said they thought they could do it, and so he listened to them and made the decision based on what he believed too. The coaches on this team are saying, take ownership of this team. You, you own it. Like you guys are the ones that are making the the plays. I'll call them if you want them. I'll call them and trust them. You got to you got to do it whenever it's your turn. And and I don't think it's bad. I know some sides have been drawn here and there. I don't think it's bad to say the Cowboys wouldn't be here without Dak right now, and they wouldn't be here without Mike McCarthy right now. I think that's okay to say. Can the two not coexist together? It seems like they can coexist. They should be able fine. to. They must be They are limbs. both having great years. Yes. They and both. they both started off slow. Yeah. But they are both having overall right now very good years. From the 817 mm. and the 469 OSA, there's another name that's popped up a few times. From the 609, I'll say Dak. From the 469, are y'all kidding? It's Dak. 
I, I agree with that. That's a great answer. The, the, so but for, I, I think me, there's multiple that, answers. There's not yeah, a right for, answer. For here. me, when it comes to Dak, it's the touch on some of his passes that I'm seeing that I haven't seen in the past. Uh, there, are play, there are a lot of moments where I know he – the thing I love the most about Dak right now, hey, you know what? If everything is out there and I, I got a little space to run, I'll take the space. But I'm not going to try and put my shoulder into somebody and level them I'm going to run out of bounds, or I'm going to slide. Right. Even though the slide, Mike, is not the most professional baseball slide, it's effective <laughs> enough. But that's yeah. that's the factor is, hey, I'm going to do this, and it annoys defenses. You picked up a third down by scrambling just enough to get the first down and keep the drive alive and keep the ball in your hands where it belongs. Those are the little things that I see with Dak this year because we've seen amazing stretches in his in his career where he's been the best for four or six games. But what he's doing right now, there are little elements to the game that I think he's I think he's taken from maybe the best receivers, or maybe it's the coaching that's helping along the way here too. Cavante Turpin, what, what about his candidacy? He's been better this year, yeah, for sure. I think he's been a lot better. So the other three, I'm sticking with Osa. Can I ask you yeah. this about Turpin? And I do think he's improved. Um how much is it usage. that, I, yeah, that they feel more comfortable using him in the offense a little bit here and there? Because last year, besides returning, I don't remember him being on the field much sure, at all. And sure. it's not like he's on the field a lot for the Cowboys, but he's on the field now enough to make an impact offensively. That's totally fair. I was taking it from the perspective of zero touchdowns last year. He has four this year, and uh, one not el- including the return game. One element of that was last year when he got here, it was late. And they were like, here's a playbook. You better be ready. Yeah. And this year, he got a chance in the offseason to study the playbook and become a better route runner, and that's something he's doing well. Like, last year, the most improved player was Tony Pollard, correct? I agree. Sure. Like, prob- I'm just, you know, trying to think of all last year yeah. after you played all your 17 games. Well, maybe even Micah a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, Tony Pollard makes a lot of sense. And this year, he was probably the most disappointing up to a few weeks ago. Yeah. But now you're starting to see – the Tony Pollard of last year, where we, we'd have this conversation around December of last year, and we'd say, man, I think it's Tony Pollard. And there were other candidates, too, but I think it's Tony Pollard. And then Tony Pollard would be continue, considered one of the most disappointing players this year for the Cowboys up to a point, because now I think he's getting himself off of that list. Now, you brought up Jake Ferguson, which was in my like group of five. I'm sticking with Osa. We just talked about Turpin. The other two people I, I was curious about, and I've seen some, but not a ton of votes for Marquise Bell and Damone Clark is those are two others that I think have brought more depth to your defense, more usable depth as we talk about with the Mavericks that I think are potential candidates. And I want to throw this out there because you always get that is the Cowboys are getting better because they're playing teams with losing records. Great. If that's your opinion, that's your opinion. There's nothing I'm going to do to change your mind. But they're not playing a team with a losing record tonight. And I think they're going to smoke them. And the things they've been doing to the teams with a losing record is crazy. They're on pace to win 12 games again. None of it will matter until the playoffs. And I understand all of that. But there are players that have improved on this team throughout the year. Not just because they're playing crap teams. If you think that Cavante Turpin has improved just because they're playing crap teams, I think you're wrong. If you think the same thing about Jake Ferguson or Osa or Tyler Smith, I think you're wrong, wrong, wrong. If your point is it won't matter come playoff time, well, that's hard to argue with.
because it hasn't. Yeah. But I think you're wrong, wrong, wrong if you think that those particular players haven't just improved. Because yeah. I think they absolutely have. Yeah, and, and that's why, like, pointing out the little elements of what the way Dak's playing, those are key things in his in his evolution because there are <laughs> things that I haven't seen before that I think are going to be big factors whenever playoff time comes. And it did happen after they played against San Francisco. Now, did he step out of bounds uh, at, at the, the wrong time against Philadelphia? Yeah, he did. But I think that they did something happen in the Philadelphia game or this the 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 San Francisco game where they decided to take more ownership of what they're doing and start playing and they they're playing better from it. Oh man, I I didn't even think about this as an improvement. But hey, what about going from Brett Maher to uh, oh, that's a good one, Brandon Aubrey? Still can't I, make extra points. That, you make some of them. <laughs> Don't need them. <laughs> Just go for two. <laughs> Probably will at some point, but we don't need them now. <laughs> that's great. That's a great point. We've been up by so we much. Don't need them. Been up by so much. They haven't needed them. That's a good point. Not going to need them tonight. That is an interesting point. Now I wanted to. I, I agree with you there. I wanted to ask you just real quick what you think about this motivational tactic. Have you heard or seen Amon Ra St. Brown's motivational tactic? This sounds exhausting. Oh, my answer is no. He said he goes through and reads the names of all 16 wide receivers taken ahead of him in the 2021 NFL draft before every game, oh, yeah. which I get that. But then he also said before every practice. Yeah. I was like, that sounds exhausting. Before the game, I get it. And hopefully some of them you see like Chase, Waddle, and Smith. I'm not saying you have to go, well, they're obviously better than me. But you should at least be like, I understand why those people got taken early. But, like, if you want to go with Kadarius, Tony, or people like that, then I understand why that would motivate you. Would that motivate you going out into the field? Um, there are elements of it. I'm probably not using that every day. I'm probably going to need, because, Kevin, I did get my Spotify wrapped recently, and it told me, look, you will listen to something hard for a few days, and then you will move on to something and never go back to what you were listening to. So okay. my motivational tactics are probably I'll be, you know, very motivated by it at first and be like, not working anymore, moving on to the next thing. So I'm always looking for something new, except for a wife. I have one that I like. I guess kids, I'm done. I'm kind of well, I did have three. And just think, according to yesterday, there is a possibility approximately nineteen to eighteen years from now. Kevin will have his Kevin next will one. have another yeah. baby. I'm sorry, I did not hear what you just said because I was getting an update on our bid. Uh-oh, 5000 It's Well, now it's going to sound disappointing. Now it's going to sound disappointing. It's $15,000. Oh, G-bag in your face. But I feel like we can contribute to Jeff's cause here and throw one more dollar on the pile. Is that how charity works? So it can be 2001 Wait, did you say Jeff? Jared? Jeff. J- is Jeff bidding? Jeff is the one. Oh, okay. What's up, Jeff? No, I know it's Jared's event. I was event. like, I have I, no clue I who promise. Jeff is. I know it's Jared's event. But if he wants you to make it 2001, or I can drop an extra dollar on there yeah. so we can be ahead. I'll give you five bucks. Sean and our Okay. Man, now we do. Let's make it 23 total because okay. it's the year of 2023. Okay. I like that. But then it would stop the bidding. $2,023. Okay. So, and then if you but want we should to bid, bid more, we should say people should bid more. You should keep bidding for Sean and RJ and G Bag, but mainly us. Mostly us. Yeah, but all of, all of us. Actually, you should just bid to the cause. If we end up losing because somebody does something crazy, to I won't help accept out a great it. Great cause. Oh, you will not. Nope. Okay. 
I'll be happy. That I will you're not so accept charitable. finishing in second place. Okay. I want number one. Cool. Hey, the TV just stopped working because of the weather oh, up here. Crud. I'm not sure if it's because of the weather or because they were replaying the Clippers Kings game and Russell Westbrook shot a 10 foot air ball and he put his hand <laughs> up like my bad. And I'm like, Russell Westbrook is maybe one of the most entertaining players in the history of basketball that he put his hand up like, yeah, my fault. We all saw, man, you airballed a 10 footer. Like, we all know who shot the ball. We saw it. Just get back on defense and play. He is insanely cr- – I'm so happy he never was a Dallas Maverick. Okay. He's not a superstar. That's what Mark Cuban said. I tell you what. That was a ridiculous opinion at, at the, time, the time. At that the time. Ridiculous. I'm with you at the time. But, man, for the last, like, five years, he is insane to watch. For the He's K- entertaining. He is. He is. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan right now. It's time for some Mike Likes It. All right, so I was thinking about talking a little bit of college football, but I'm going to start with baseball here and see where we go with this. Obviously, you had the news that in uh, mid-January, Evan Carter will be signing autographs at the Dallas Card Show and possibly more Rangers to come in that. Well, Evan Carter. We haven't heard much about the Rangers' plans for Evan Carter's future. He's under control for the next six years. So if somebody's wondering – Hey, what happens with Evan Carter and when is he a free agent? That year, last year, didn't count for anything for the Texas Rangers. As in, that didn't get his clock. It started his clock, but he has to play six full seasons approximately to become a free agent. So you have him 2024 through 2030 till he could possibly leave as a free agent. So you're in great shape with him. But news coming out this morning from Milwaukee. Number two overall prospect is going to sign an eight-year, $80 million contract, a major league contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is interesting because Jackson Churio is his name. He's 19 years old, and he's never played a day in the major leagues. He did not play last year in the major leagues at all, but they are trying to – they think he's going to be a major leaguer to start next year. So what they're doing is they're buying out two years of free agency and they're guaranteeing him $80 million over his first eight years so they never have to negotiate with him. And I think it's interesting from this standpoint, Kevin, I'll let you talk here, is that the Rangers do have a situation where they could lock in Evan Carter longer than six years if they felt like. Okay, so we're going to go back to that in just one second. Corey, you're Evan Carter. The Rangers offer you eight for... $80 $80 million for eight years right now. Do you take it? Yeah. Okay. How old is he? Am I 19? Well, he's 21. He's 21. Okay, that gives me – that I, I get into the late prime and I get another contract. That is very true. Now, we broke down the metrics and the numbers is we'll skip some of the boring parts of the math. Right. We approximated over the next three years – I know Evan Carter could make $2 million, but more likely, Rangers will give him about $4 million total over the next three years. If he does... If he goes year to year. Yes. If he does what they think he could do, maybe he's hoping an arbitration 10, 15, and $20 million in the three years of arbitration. Yeah. So now we're talking about those six years at $49 million. Yeah, if you want to just round it up to 50 just to make 50 it clean, million. $50 million over the next six years is what he'll make if he just decides to go... Six years with the Rangers, year to year, and then hit free agency at 26, 27 years old. And if he does what he thinks he will, I'm sure his agent does, I'm sure the Rangers do as well, 
he'll be getting those extra two years bought out for a total of 30 million, which is probably what he would hope to make on a year by year basis. So you're giving the Rangers a free year, but at the same point, you are guarding yourself in case bad things happen, which we hope yeah. they will not. Right. And I, I love this conversation because here's what I think. This contract, and I know he's number two overall prospect. I think when Evan Carter got called up, he was number six or nine. Okay. I know what that number is, but like somewhere in there between the fifth and tenth best prospect in all of uh, baseball when he got called up. And then he crushed it for the three weeks in the regular season and then to help the Rangers win the World Series. So if I'm his agent, I'm like, dude. They're giving out $80 million for a guy who's done nothing, who is a top 10 prospect. My guy was a top 10 prospect. He just helped you in the World Series. Corbin Carroll, who just got Rookie of the Year, helped lead Arizona to the World Series. And he got $111 million on an eight-year contract. So we are more to that number than we are the 80 million number and i do think the rangers can work something out i don't think the rangers would balk at like a hundred eight years a hundred million dollars i don't think the rangers will balk at that number and it's tough because if you're corbin carroll and you continue on this trajectory your initial thought is going to be i made a mistake but it's hard to say i made a mistake when you went ahead and got the 111 million dollars I'm with you, especially when you sign, if you're a high school draft pick, which Corbin Carroll was, which Evan Carter was, which uh, obviously uh, I believe for uh, Jackson Churio, I believe he's a full, I I need to watch myself here, but I believe he's not from the United States. I'm not sure if he was a draftable player or signed out of, I'm just throwing this out here without looking up his history, I'm sorry, like from the Dominican Republic, where you could have been like Leo Tavares and signed at 16 or 17 years old. He was born in Venezuela. Okay, so then he's Venezuelan, I'm assuming, because I don't, I don't think he came sense. over and played high school baseball here. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would say that the Rangers are interested in doing a, a deal with Evan Carter to lock him up. And usually agents do like doing this. Now, look, there's one agent that doesn't, and we yeah. all know that agent is Scott Boris. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he never will. But he's not crazy about taking a premium guy who he thinks, let's face it, if Evan Carter does what the Rangers think he's going to do, what a lot of prospect people think he's going to do, people that rate prospects, they think at 27 years old, he's going to get a 10-year, $300 million contract. So now that means you stayed healthy. You produced up to the the probabilities that people think you are going to produce at. So if... I am now going to only sign, let's say, an eight-year contract at closer to 30 years old. Uh, do I get $240 million? Do I get, you know, so you just start looking at the numbers. But I think a lot of guys are like, dude, if I can get $100 million, then I don't have to ever worry about money the and, rest of my life. And I think that's where I fall also because of what Corey said. In this specific instance, just talking about Evan Carter and yeah. maybe some of these other quick track guys, is... You will hit free agency at 29, even with the big money. And so you're like, this doesn't have to be my only deal. And I see the appeal of that all the way around. Yeah, and I'm trying to look up real quick if you guys can do this too. Ronald Acuna Jr.'s contract. Like, this is where the Braves are set up for like the next five years to be a 100-win team is – they did this with Ronald Acuna eight Jr. Eight years, $100 million. So eight years. And I do think that's very doable on both sides. For Carter, I think Carter might agree to eight for 100. I think the Rangers would be happy eight for 100. 
Um, but you look at this, and they did something similar with Ozzy Albies. I, I think I, I got to look at their Austin Riley, their kind of third baseman, who's a very good player too. They've done this with a lot of their players, and so it sets you up well if they all perform up to their capabilities. You get them okay. for a cheap price, and then you're like, dude. We are set for a while. Here. Let me ask you this then. If you're the Rangers, if you're Evan Carter, if you're any of these young players, because there's another hook that comes along with Acuna, is if I'm the Rangers, I'm thinking, I'm not getting the biggest discount in the world. I'm getting $30 million off over the span of eight years if my guy becomes a superstar, right? right? So what they dropped in the Acuna deal was two more club option years at $17 million apiece. Now we're to the point with Ronald Acuna where you're like, that's the craziest deal in all of baseball just about. Like, what an amazing discount is. Do you think he would be accepting of the club option year or two that goes along with it? I don't know. Uh, it's a great question. I, I have a great question. Do I ultimately know? No, I do not. I'm just, I'm giving you this idea here. If he were to, this is very high standards. I'm just looking up Juan Soto because we kind of gave an approximately six year, $50 yeah. million is what he's going to make. Last year, sorry, the year before in 2022, Juan Soto's first year of arbitration, he got $17.1 million. Ooh. Last year, in his second year of arbitration, he got $23 million. So this year, probably he's going to get. I'm guesstimating 27 to 30 million dollars and probably closer to 30 million dollars. Now, am I do I think I'm I love Evan Carter. Do I think Evan Carter is going to do what Juan Soto has done? That's a pretty uh, I don't high think bar. so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know so. I hope so. Uh honestly, Juan Soto is not as big of a power hitter as you would think. But Juan Soto right now for his career, his on-base percentage is 9 – or sorry, his OPS is 946. His on-base percentage is 421 for his career. So, I mean, that's – Wow. That's unbelievable. And he kind of takes – people take shots at Juan Soto, and I totally get it. He was supposed to go over to San Diego, put them over the top, and they were supposed to do something special, and they did absolutely nothing. And there's a great chance next week or in the next two to three weeks, Juan Soto isn't a San Diego Padre anymore because they know uh, – I need to look this up – but, oh, he's a Scott Boris guy. He's going to be looking for $500 million. So when he, after this next year, he's going to be looking for five, a $500 million contract because the more you read about Shohei Otani, right. he's looking for a $600 million contract. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. It doesn't mean he's getting $600 million, but Shohei's looking for the team that can kind of go to $600 million. And maybe there's that's the whispers of maybe people know the Rangers – inside and go we just don't want to go to 600 million and if that's his kind of market or Is if that's TV what he wants going to be that available for baseball too i mean we're like we were just discussing the mark cuban tv money stuff yeah it's Maybe a good he, question. I don't know. And baseball is so much more localized than yeah. the NBA when it comes to those TV contracts. So what I mean is I'm not like obviously For sure. Major League Baseball is popular across the entire country, but people care about basketball as a general concept more than they do baseball as a right. general concept because they care about I care about my team. Because mm -hmm. the NBA finals will usually have two superstars in it. It's almost impossible to make the NBA finals without having a superstar on your team. In baseball, you can make the World Series and win it without a superstar on your team. And so that's where basketball will usually have two huge names to promote in the NBA Finals. I, I was just I wanted to look at Corey Seager and he was arbitration the entire time with the Dodgers. Right. And, I mean, this dude had Silver Slugger Awards, MVPs in the World Series. He had all this stuff. 
And the Dodgers were like, we'll take our time with you. Right. And I just, and so that's $24 million by the time he leaves them, Kevin. Right. Is that not a smarter move than saying $80 million to you uh, as, a, as the organization for the Rangers, other than wanting to keep the guy around for his entire life? It just seems smarter to be like, look, we'll get that benefit. Yeah, I know. I see what you're saying. It's just if you hit like Acuna does, you look like freaking geniuses hey, forever. This is probably for another conversation, for but would you want to do this with Wyatt Lankford anytime soon? Would you want to do what they're doing with Churio? He hasn't played a uh, second is... in the major leagues. We have Already a dude. We have a dude who, on <laughs> September twentieth, the Rangers had real conversations about calling up the fourth overall pick to try to help out the playoff push and maybe help in the playoffs. They decided not to. Uh, ended up, I think, being a good decision. Obviously, they won the World Series. I have no clue how Wyatt Langford would have done, but just wondering if Wyatt Langford's people are like, "Hey, if you think we're ready, we're also willing to like sign an eight or nine year contract for about ten million a year." I, I think I might. And I could see how that blows up terribly, but it would be a new way. Like, wouldn't it be a very revolutionary approach for this team consistently right now with, with major league baseball, because the old, you're starting to see it go that way already. The only other time I immediately think about this was, well, it didn't work out well. Now, the only other thing that I didn't bring up and we need to get to the C block with Corey's corner is not what it's called. Okay. C block. I don't even know what it's called. We, (laughs) We also have to look at would this – it is what it is. This is this happens in professional sports is how much would it upset Adolis Garcia who would love a long-term contract yeah. seeing uh, a 21-year-old pick who hasn't played a day in the big leagues and then a 21-year-old guy who came up for three weeks and then the playoffs get a long-term contract. I see that turning out very poorly. So just throwing it out there. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next – it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors. Game night is tonight. Let's do Cowboys Prices Right next on the fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.